Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. Okay, streaming services yes. are rampant in yes. our community. Yes. And <laughs> I want one that will stream, like, nice productions of Broadway shows. Oh. Like, you don't have to put them up forever. You can rotate them. Like, you know, if you don't, if Cats is running right now and you don't want people to watch Cats, you can, you don't have to put that one up. Okay, but, like, yeah. you know, That's fucking... Right old shows that don't exist anymore and like the bro- sweeney todd with with uh yeah yeah there 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 is one like mm-hmm. and like broadway is so expensive and it's like not not everyone can go to broadway but like like i just yeah. make a broadway streaming service especially Please. like because like Please. you've had to cancel so many shows because of the thing Yes. Like, even even seeing Moulin Rouge the other day, they canceled the show that we were going to see originally on Friday, and we had to reschedule. And, like, it's only in town for two weeks, so, like, we were literally looking, like, okay, when can we go to the next show? And we're like, we have to do it before the end of the month, because we're gone for the end of the month. Like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. They've got to make... They've got to do something. Which, like, the other thing is, is, like, it's never something that's going to be like, oh, if we put on streaming service, people aren't going to want to come. Like, People want to go to Broadway. You're just making money from the people that can't afford to go to Broadway. Right. Because Broadway is in, like, one spot in the one country. One location. So it's not like, oh, your show's $150, which it is. It's also, like, then it's also a plane ride and a hotel room and a commute and nice clothes away from me. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the other thing is watching a show on on a TV and watching it live, two different experiences. People are still going to want to go to the live shows. And there's going to be the people that are like, oh, I refuse to watch it on TV because it live is going to be so much more superior. It's literally just like going and seeing your favorite band live and also listening yeah. to their CDs. Like, it's, it's, why haven't they done this? I'm so mad. Oh, <sighs> the other thing too is that um, since we were just talking about Town, the guy that plays Hermes is retiring so, like, if you wanted to see it with, like, the original Hermes on Broadway, you're fucked now. Mm-hmm. They could put that on a streaming service like, the same way they did with Hamilton for a while. Where it's like, here's the original cast of Hamilton. Because you don't know also if you buy a ticket to Broadway, somebody's sick that night. You're getting, like, you're maybe not getting, which uh, some people care about. I really don't. Yeah. But, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you can just do a thing. Uh... <sighs> Yeah, and it's, like, I don't necessarily feel the same way about, like, Broadway shows, but also, like, Cirque du Soleil. Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. more fine with, like, you can watch full shows of Cirque du Soleil on YouTube now. Like, they released some of their shows, but, like, yeah. like I don't quite but feel... like, why? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> Do you have opinions? I don't. Okay. I full full disclosure. I am from the place where Cirque du Soleil started. I grew up seeing the shows when it was still like a very like underground thing to do. Mm-hmm. This is not a brag. I do not give a shit. I looked at before they were cool. That's I swear to God. The the worst thing, one of the worst things my mom ever said to me was my dad took her on a trip to Vegas to see Cirque du Soleil when they were doing their like fire, like elemental shows. Mm-hmm. And she came back from Vegas on a like week long trip vacation that he paid for. They took her there, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, it wasn't as good as the original shows back when, you know, it was like real Cirque. And I was like, what what are you trying to do right now? Oh, no. <laughs> like, that's not a flex, dude. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, my God, you saw original Cirque du Soleil? So cool. No one gives a shit. Like, what are you doing? God. Sorry. Anyways, this has been a weird rant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Put Broadway on streaming service. Put Broadway on streaming services. I would pay, like, five bucks. Well, it, like, how many people subscribe to Disney Plus specifically because they put Hamilton on it? I subscribe to Taskmaster Plus, which is only Taskmaster shows. It's not the latest season. It's it's only seasons one through eight for 50 bucks a year. Wow. I subscribe to that fucking service. Awesome. But, like, yeah, and that's one show. Like, Broadway would have so much more of a, like, eh, there'd be so much more demand for it. Yeah. We're revolutionizing something here today. I Right Broadway. I, like, I literally don't think, and I don't think it would be, like, the whole, like, movies are now at home and people aren't going to movie theaters thing. I literally don't think it would be that. No. Like, you might lose a little bit of your audience going to the theater, but, like, not really. Maybe, yeah, not really. I still don't even think people are, like, still staying home for movies. Because I feel like people that were, like, movie enthusiasts before... They want to stay on the big screen. Yeah, they want to see it with the surround sound and the chairs and the pop. They want the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Woo. Well, we did it. We solved (laughs) something. We solved Broadway, I guess. Uh, So there's a book that we read. Part of a book. (laughs) There is. Um, what the fuck? Michael Grant. Yeah. Like, he's been turning up the volume this whole time, and then he just fucking took it from, like, six of on the misery scale, t- cranked it all the way up to 11. For- you know what it reminds me of? What? When you drive in the car with Trisha's dad and TikTok by Kesha comes on, and the whole song is playing at a reasonable volume. Uh-huh. But then she gets to the part where she goes, and the party don't start till I walk in. And he turns the dial all the way to deafen you. Wow. And then as soon as that part's over, right back down. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. He's a fan. He's a fan of that song. He's a huge fan of Kesha, I guess. Fucking. At least TikTok. That's. I love that. I love that for him. I don't love that for you getting deafened by tiktok but you know i mean i kind of loved it okay like, All right. i he's one of my favorite people 
because literally like literally when i go to horse shows to see trisha i don't see her i just go hang out with her dad and she'll come by a few hours later and we'll just be hanging out <laughs> talking shit is he the one that cracked your back yeah oh yeah nice. yeah to the point where people around me almost threw up when he did my neck because it was so disgusting i love it oh so good Ugh, what a powerful man. and then i could turn my head for the first time and he <laughs> oh no it's like, I can check to see that car's in my blind spot now. I don't just pretend. I don't just pretend! Oh, no! Whoa! <laughs> Confessions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, we read a book. We did, <laughs> we did do that. Um, we did... Lots of, oh my god, I don't even, it, it's just, it's just a fucking bloodbath in this one, y'all. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, like, there's like a major traumatic thing that happens for pretty much every single character in this part. Um, plus, you know, just the regular beautiful landscape that is World War Two happening around them uh the beautiful countryside of world war ii yeah oh Mm -hmm. what like what i can't i just ah. shit what even happened i mean i know what happened but like shit but like what what happened that led us to this fucking particular nothing nothing good nothing good is definitely definitely part of it um we got some poop jokes Mm -hmm. on the upside we did get some poop jokes yeah i think i mostly left those out but i did mention those okay the and also, okay, I will admit to you, when I was taking notes, I decided early on, I was like, I'm not going to mention this whole cat thing. But then it, like, came back to a point where I was like, okay, I should mention it. But I'd forgotten what she had. So I just Googled World War II poop issues, and it popped right up. <laughs> and I was like, got it. <laughs> oh, yep. Dysentery? Yeah. Was that it? The, or- yeah. the Oregon Trail, you have died of this thing. Yeah. I should see that's how I should have remembered it. Instead of just like World War Two poop issues. And it's like dysentery was a problem. And I was like, ah yes, that's the one I was looking for. Huzzah. Huzzah, there it is. That's the least horrible thing I think that happened to all of all of these people. Oh Yeah. It's rough. It's it's an intense part that we read it's yeah very upsetting. quite a lot yeah it's very upsetting and we were getting to like frangie's chapters and i was like she's in the hospital nothing bad happens at the hospital yeah. which is a false statement <laughs> but, all right yeah <laughs> but i was like nothing's gonna happen here and then i was texting casey like did you f- did you fucking read this shit yep have some trauma. Oh. Okay. Okay. 
That's enough. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. I actually had like issues with that part, not for like my usual reasons, but like from oh. from like a writing perspective. Oh, I'm very interested. Because as you know, I did zone out through a third of that chapter. Oh, yes. Yeah, you zoned out during the communism part. Yeah, I zoned out during communism. Communism bores me. That whole... Okay. Should I just fucking, like, tell you what... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, do it. That whole chapter was... So, like, Harder's talking about communism for, like, 30 pages. So many pages. Which, like, is... You know, I'm sure that's how Ferengi was feeling. Like, oh my god, he's been yeah. talking for 30 pages. Um, yeah. But then he was like... Like, oh, did mom never tell you about the riots? And, like, why do you think my skin is this color? And, like, he just kept, like... And, like, Franchi was having a bad feeling. And he just, like, kept going and going and going. And finally he was like, she was gang raped by a bunch of white men. And it's like, Michael, great, you didn't need to say that. We got it, like, ten minutes ago. Like, you really, like, you should have just left it inferred. It would have been so much better if you had just inferred that instead of, like, spelling it out for us. Like, everybody knows what happened during those riots to black women. Like, I don't know. But, you know, maybe it was better to say it out loud or more powerful to say it so that the children reading this book could grasp i don't know but like from like strictly from a writing perspective i would have left it inferred but that's just me i yeah i mean i could i could see both perspectives i could also see just the wanting to like he's finally saying a truth out loud like i i could see it Mm -hmm. many different ways Mm -hmm. here but I, from a reading perspective, did zone out enough that I needed those words to bring me back sure. into the story. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I got so bored before that. Oh. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Communism's the problem. The man is stealing from the poor. Like, Yeah. All right. I know it's still happening. Nothing's fucking changed. Yeah. Preaching the fucking choir. Yeah, like after a while it just kind of felt like look at all this like research I did about all the spiels that these people used to make and blah blah blah. <laughs> like it's like it's so depending on the thing, it's very exhausting to sit through that yeah. in real life. Oh my god, yeah. And like then you go and put it in a in a book and your your brain just automatically turns off. It's like, "Oh, great." Uh. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. My brain turned off and I, and like I was just like in real life I also would not be like tuned into what this guy was saying. Yeah. And neither was Frangi, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like less about oh. what he was saying and more just the presentation style of I have strong beliefs about a thing. I'm going to make you listen to all my thoughts about it. Kind of like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dabs. Dabs. No, I'm just kidding. Self dabs. <laughs> dabs on us. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fair. But. Yeah. You know. Just shit. Just, 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 just shit. 40 just things. casual shit. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that chapter was a trip. 
Probably if I was ranking them, that would definitely be my least favorite chapter mm-hmm. of all the chapters. Mm-hmm. And then fucking Rainy's chapters were just uh, stabbing me that's, in the kidneys. That's really where it went from, like, 5 to 11 for me. Like, yeah! What the fuck? And it happens overnight. Like, it happens instantaneously. Yeah. And, like, it's so intense. Yeah. And, like... Like, everything was fine. I mean, not, like, super fine, but it was, like, tolerable. And then it was, like, the worst thing you could imagine. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, there's, like, shitty nuns and shit. Okay, that sucks. And then it's like, oh, no, we want the nuns. Yep. Bring the yep. nuns Bring back. Bring the fucking nuns back. This is a bad time. Everything is terrible. Ugh. Well, um... Should we should we summarize? I guess. Sure. Sure. Let's summarize. Oh my god. Um, we start with Rainy. That's where we are. So, we're on the run with Rainy as uh, she manages to get out of town, stealing clothes off of a clothing line as she went. Uh, she steals the black dress of a widower because there were no short supplies of widows in this town and they are basically just ignored because, you know, once your husband dies, you're not worth anything as a person. Hooray! Thanks, 1940s. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rainy's traveling as far as she can during the day and taking shelter in barns at night, uh, but she starts to fall ill and she winds up hiding in a cave where she's, like, licking water off the mossy stones and, and passed out. Like, basically, she's just on death's door. And she is found by a brother and a sister who alert the people in the town. And uh, they come up there to see her. They end up carrying her to a church nearby where several nuns nursed her back to health. And she is going through this whole thing where she's like, oh, good thing I was past my ranting fever dreams by the time I got to the church so I could speak Italian the whole time to not let on that I was an American GI and like all that jazz or an American spy. She's not a GI, American spy. Um, And so she's like going through all of that. She's speaking Italian with these these nuns, um, but they still are like, eh, there's something that's off about this chick. So they nurse her back to health, and then once she's kind of healthy, they're like, you should register. Like, you need to register if you don't want to get, you know, in trouble. And she's like, all right, so I've overstayed my welcome. So she leaves some money, she grabs uh, some wine and some supplies, and she heads out to live in an abandoned shack somewhere, basically, by this small town. And, um... She realizes, like, that she's kind of doing a dicey thing because she's, like, running out of money, first of all, because she's going into town. She's making herself known around town, but, like, she's buying supplies from from the baker and, and, like, you know, she's doing what she has to do to live, even though she knows that this isn't the best situation or solution. So she's been doing that for a little while. Uh, And then one day she's hanging out in her shack, just kind of listening, waiting, as she does every day. And she just kind of gets this, like, something's off. There's, like, this ox cart that goes past. There's this car that drives very quickly past. And then uh, the ox cart halts. And then there's this black unmarked car. And she's like, ooh, that's, I don't like that. So she grabs her supplies and starts to take off. But the car turns and, like, speeds up towards this abandoned shack and stops. And she's running, but she's wearing women's shoes at this point. 
And so she's like just not able to get far away from these guys as they're running. They hop out of the car. They start yelling halt. She grabs the the gun that she's had hidden under her dress and starts blindly firing behind her, missing every shot. She fumbles with the suicide pill that's in the collar of the dress. She trips and drops the pill, but she follows where it falls. Like she follows down as it's falling and then finds it. She goes to grab it, but before she can reach it, this boot makes contact with her head. And that didn't knock her out, but the punch sure did. That's that chapter. Yay! Oh no. That's where we start. Ugh. This is the beginning. It's fucking rough. This is fucking rough. It doesn't get better. Nope. Sure fucking doesn't. So, sure fucking doesn't. So yeah, that was chapter one of this part. The chapter, it's like chapter 27 or something. I don't know. Oh but. shit. Should we do the, we didn't do the pages last time. We've never done it. I put it in the episode okay, descriptions, okay, okay. but yeah, we basically never do it. <laughs> okay, thank you for getting it. The beginning of part three through chapter 31. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Off you go. Right. Off you go. Uh, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. So next we're with Rio, who is shoulder to shoulder with Stick and many other completely useless men. <laughs> In a room. <laughs> These are the exact words I wrote in wrote in my notes. Like, sometimes I write notes just for me to enjoy later. Yep. This was one of them. Okay. <laughs> There's many men all surrounding a sick diorama. Sick diorama. It's a sick diorama. Sick, man. Sick. This fucking sick. Yeah, it's just a 3D model of the beach that they're trying to storm in Italy that's being defended by the Germans. And, like, there's a, there's a river in the middle of it. And, like... That fucking river, guys. That's going to ruin them. Death river. Um, Death river. But they're all there to strategize. And and Stickland had brought Rio with him. Because, like, he seems to have a very clear idea that Rio's going to be promoted. And Rio is like, all the signs are there, but I will not believe it. So (laughs) she's there in this meeting. And, like, listen, there's, like, a lot of talk. There's a lot of, like, you know, dick contests and all that kind of stuff (laughs) over who's the big dog in the room. It doesn't matter. What matters about this is that some of these guys, they're taking, like, cheap shots and digs at Rio, but then some of them are looking at her, like, kind of impressed because her reputation has preceded her. So, that was pretty cool. I made note of that. Nothing else did I make note of. Then we abrupt jump cut to three weeks later. She's on the beach laying flat out next to Stickland as bullets are whizzing overhead, chipping up the rock around them. They can't stand up. They haven't been able to stand up in weeks. Uh, And they're just basically like, here's our three-day plan to get past the German army and take Naples. We're in week three of this plan and we're still on the fucking beach. This is going well. Uh, Yeah, they love it. They're having so much fun wonderful beach adventure Mm -hmm. um yeah basically the germans like you know weren't defenseless they had tanks and mortars and high ground and rivers to break up the u.s forces and the u.s were coming in off boats just waiting to be shot so it's not going well um and as much as they're like struggling over this plan it's not coming together they're still grasping at straws like what do we do how do we keep fighting and so Stickland was like, all right, Rio, you take Jack and Tilo. You go scout further up this rocky pathway. You see if there's any way to get through. And so Rio does this awkward backwards-ass crawl, which is no easy feat. She gets to Tilo and Jack, and she's like, all right, you, you guys come with me. 
and they crawl for a while. Then they're able to crouch and run. And finally, they make it to this narrow chasm where they're like, okay, we can stand up through here and walk. So they start going through and they're like, you know, there's some points where the rocks are scraping them. It's narrow. They're getting jammed in the sides. But they get to this point where they're like, okay, we can walk now. Then they start seeing weird things on the ground, like bread. And Tilo's like, this is the greatest day of my life. They must have blown up a bakery. And he just starts grabbing loaves of bread and stuffing them in his shirt. And he's like, oh, man, now I need a drink to go with this. And Rio's just like, oh, this fucking guy, like, he's distracted, you know. But I need to stay on my guard. I need to be aware. I'm listening for these snipers. I need to know if anybody's coming my way. So she's listening out for artillery, for gunshots. And then Tilo's behind her just being like, you know, fucking, like, Kramer, basically. Like, <laughs> uh, And he sees a bottle of wine. He's like, my prayers are answered. So he reaches out and grabs it. And Rio hears this pop behind her. And she turns to see Tilo standing there with his arm just dangling at his side. Uh. And he seems, like, amused. He's like, I'll be all right. Like, he's kind of in shock Obviously, like, he's not trying to be funny at this point. He is very much in shock because his arm is basically blown off. Um, And then they hear an impact noise, and Tilo is violently jerked. And then his arm drops off because the bullet whizzed through and broke whatever tendon or cloth or whatever it was that was holding his arm on. And Rio watches that arm fall to the ground, and she can only stare at it as it looks like it's pointing right at her. And then another bullet smacks into Tilo, and the bread in his shirt becomes soaked with blood. And Rio's starting to think, like, oh, God, I have to get him. I have to get him. She starts, like, timing out, like, could I dart out there and grab him? But there's no time. And then the sniper hits him again. And she starts to, like, jerk forward, and Jack grabs her and says, no, 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 he's already dead. And sure enough, the sniper has just been hitting him in the chest, and he's already gone. Mm -hmm. And they sit there and watch as the sniper buries round after round after round in them, just trying to taunt them into going out there and retrieving his body. Um, But they do not fall for it. They turn and they head back for the beach. And Rio reports back that Tilo is dead, but what's going through her head is just, this is my fault. I lost him. I wasn't paying attention. Oh my God, I lost a guy and this is all my fault. And that's where that chapter ends. Yep. Yep. Uh, That was a fucking brutal death. Yeah. Like. uh, Not to like speak ill of the dead or whatever, but it's like, Tilo, you fucking idiot. You fucking idiot. Like, like, I know, like, it's been a shitty time and you see a bottle of wine and you're just like, oh, cool. But like, you fucking idiot. Like, yep, you fucking moron. But also, yes, that was extremely brutal. <laughs> like it was, like I can't. It, I feel like it doesn't happen often where a character is written like this. So, like, I very much feel the exact same as Rio, where I'm like, I, d- I the whole time I'd be like, I don't care. He's a dick. I don't like him. Blah blah blah. But then when he dies, I'm like, no. Oh no. You were just an idiot dick man, but we didn't want you to yeah. die necessarily. Yeah, we didn't want you to die over it. Yeah. I didn't like you, but I didn't want you to die. Yeah. 
And like, this is like it, the death affected Rio, mm-hmm. but like this is kind of like written in the same way that it's going through her mind of like, but we're right. We're the next chapter. We're right back in the shit. We're right back with Rio. We're right back to a plan. There's like no time to stop and like think about it. Yeah. Shit. I just yeah. But like, what an idiot. Mm-hmm. I just I also find it like, like the circumstances are very different. But like, I also find it interesting to compare this to when Strand was, you know, completely delirious and lying there, you know served up on a platter like not that i'm saying like you know obviously the situation's very different like you know there was an active sniper like she would have yeah. gotten shot if she had gone to get him but like i don't know it's it's just like a weird like thing to happen again in the same book like not so soon after the whole strand thing like here's an yeah. example of where it went well and here's an example where it did not go well. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the choices, too, of, like, when Strand was in trouble and was dragging him down, they dropped him. And when Tilo's getting shot, the only thing she's thinking is how to... And to, to be fair, she did that with Strand, too. Mm-hmm. She decided, She's like, I will make my move. I will go out there. I will get him. He is still alive. And so it's also that, like, you know... Jack has to say, nope, he's gone. We can't get him. Which is interesting, actually, now that we're saying this, that Jack is the one that has always, like, he's been there in both situations. Mm-hmm. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> well, I also don't know. And this might be, like, a Jeff or a Dan question. Or, or you, if you know this. Um, like probably not like (laughs) is it up to the individual situation of when you like leave a man behind sort of or is there like protocol or oh i'm sure there's protocol but i think once he was dead like yeah there's you're not you're not getting another soldier injured or killed to recover that dead body Which, like, I know sometimes in movies, like, that'll happen. I'm sure there's a few real-life scenarios where someone died and they, like, you know, did what they could to get them back, but... Yeah. Yeah. Like Harry Potter. (laughs) Um. Yeah. I don't know. That was rough. That was fucking rough. It was really rough. Like, the part that got me was I don't think I've ever thought before about the idea that a sniper would be taunting them by just repeatedly burying shot after shot in the body. Well, and Rio at one point, like, screams at the sniper, like, fuck you, he's already dead. Like, stop doing this. Yeah. Like, you fucking monster. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Like, just the fucking disregard for for human life like you know it's like when they captured those italians and you know once they had them it was kind of like oh hey what's up man like you want a cigarette like like it's like how can you i mean obviously like not the same people like you know every person is different but like it's like Mm -hmm. how can you like be so chummy 
after capturing an enemy and also like do this shit like yeah just <sighs> yep and like i in a in a totally different way like this is a tactic like, you know, it's not like they are captured and they are chummy. He's literally trying to draw them out so he can kill more of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I am in no way saying that that makes this appropriate or right or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, it was, it's it's a tactic. It is a tactic. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I'm not saying it's, like, right or good or anything, yeah. but, like, it's a tactic in war. Yep. Fucked up. Yep. Shit. Shit. Mall of ice cream. <laughs> but then we have a fun girl adventure. Kinda? <laughs> fun, quote unquote. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Alright, alright. So um Rio is just horrified thinking she can't stop thinking about Tilo and how she lost him and how she was in charge and she lost him and she didn't even bring his body back, and she feels horrible about that. And so when Jeannot is there and starts suggesting a plan, Rio's basically like, wait, what? Because like, Jeannot starts saying some buck-wild shit, and Rio is not listening to her. And so then, like, she's like, what? And this kind of causes, like, a little bit of, like, a snarky fit from Jeannot. But then she's like, why don't we try to go through if we can't get around anywhere? And Rio's like, what are you saying? And she's, like, pointing out these buildings there's a bunch of buildings in a row up the hill that are built with shared walls. So they come up with this like cockamamie scheme where they're just going to take grenades and like blast through them and try to cover the sound of them blasting through the walls by doing one shot in the air, waiting 20 seconds and then blowing shit up in two locations. So it like covers them. So they like literally, this is the most cartoon ass scheme (laughs) that they've come up with. Um, so they send Rio, Jeannot, and Kat. And the reason they sent Kat is so hopefully she finds a toilet to deal with her dysentery. Because she Ugh. has been shitting for three days. Oh, poor thing. <sighs> I mean, I feel really bad for her, but like... It's, it is kind of funny. It's a little bit... It's a little funny as a it's treat. It's a little funny. It's as a treat in war. It's a little funny. Um, yeah, so anyways, they head in and the first place that they go into is this abandoned barber shop where everything's covered in like plaster and rubble and cat immediately runs off to find the toilet and like screams oh my god i found toilet paper and everybody's like yay <laughs> you did it yes <laughs> yeah pretty much um and while she's doing that rio and Jeannot are having this very serious moment looking into the mirrors and Jeannot just kind of like gives out this sigh as like she sees both of them just covered in dust and like sweat marks running down their faces and they have their you know helmets on low over their eyes and their military uniforms and Jeannot is just like i used to be sexy and rio just says something back like yeah i could send strand a picture of this right now just saying just me at work kind of thing and they both are like okay, this isn't funny. And so they start smashing out the glass on the wall and pulling the cabinets away so that when they blow up this wall, it's not quite as as horrific in the debris and shrapnel. Um, so they, they get through it and uh, they set the grenades, they pull the pin out, they 
fire off the shot. They count down the 20 seconds. They know they have a five second fuse. So they throw it. They duck into the bathrooms and Kat's like, don't come in here. And then there's some more like ribbing about like, oh, we already know your shit stinks. And Kat says to Janot, like, oh, and yours doesn't. She's like, of course not. And <laughs> Rio's like having this out of body experience where she's like, Tilo just died and it's my fault. And now we're joking about poop. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yep. Um, so yeah, they duck into the bathroom, the explosion happens, and they crawl out of the bathroom, and they find this depressingly small hole. They're like, oh, it's big enough to crawl through, but, like, they thought it was gonna be, like, a doorway, like, again, cartoon-ass shit. (laughs) Um, but yeah. So Rio crawls over there and just starts firing her gun wildly into the room to, like, clear it from anything behind them. They don't hear a single thing, they, like, pause, they listen, nothing. So they go in there. And then a dog starts barking at them. There's just a dog. <laughs> what is this dog and doing? Like, what the dog? What the dog do? <laughs> but yeah, so they go in there. There's just this dog barking at them, and Rio's like, "We should call you Lucky." And then like feeds him a cracker, and the dog takes the cracker, and then just starts barking at them again. She's like, "Well, fuck you, dog." <laughs> so they ignore the dog, and they just start blowing up more walls, and like the next, and the next, and the next. They get through seven walls before they hit this looted grocery store. And Janot's like, okay, I'll go back and, like, tell them that we're here. And um, Kat and Rhea are just left standing there in silence. And eventually Kat brings up Tilo and says, like, hey, that entire situation was foobar. And Rio's like, yup. <laughs> like, basically, like, don't talk to me. Um and when Stickland and Jack finally arrive there, arrive back with Janot, they're like, okay, we're going to press on. And Rio's like, I've got the door covered. And Stick gets really mad at her. Stick's like, no, I didn't call you to cover the door. You're not doing it. And she's like, it's fine. I've got the door. And, and he stops her and is like, you are not fighting this war alone. We are all fighting this war. Jack is going to take the lead on this. And so he does. But Rio is right on him and like she doesn't even wait for the orders. Once Jack goes, she just follows him through and they are like heading outside of this abandoned grocery store. They start creeping up the steps that are nearby to get up to where the machine gunner is at the top of like some sort of tower. They're creeping up. They get to the door and there's no like knob or latch or anything like that. There's just this plate and so they're like, okay, how are we going to open this? And they start to mess with it and it makes a noise. So now this guy is alerted that they're there. And Jack just is like, oh my God, prop, prop me up. And so Rio immediately like, you know, launches over to him, gets behind him so that he can lean on her. And he fires right through the plate to like open the door. They kick it open, ready to fire. But just firing through the plate, they've hit the guy that's right behind it. So he falls down dead right in front of them. And they're like, nice. This went well for us. And, like, Jack literally says something like, easy peasy. Like, no big deal. And then, boom, like, another bullet hits right above them because there's a sniper right across the way. And that's the guy that actually took out Tilo earlier. And so now they're like, how the fuck are we going to get this guy? And so they call down. They're asking for like a grenade launcher. And Stickland's like, we don't have any more grenades. We used them all up, but we have a bazooka. They're like, no, we can't like actually like vent out a bazooka in this room. We'll burn the shit out of ourselves. And so then they come up with this like weird modified launcher that goes onto the end of the rifle. And so they're fucking around in there. And like Jack's trying to lay down cover fire so Rio can get off his shot. And she manages to get like one of these things launched out, like these anti-tank bullets 
launched out of this rifle attachment and it blows up, but it doesn't actually hit the guy. And so they're like struggling to get their shit together. And then the sniper gets shot and falls down. Their weird comedy of errors had allowed Hanzu Pang to climb on a roof nearby and sniper this guy. Nice. Nice job. Teamwork. So teamwork. It's almost like Rio's not fighting this war alone. What? Really? Yeah, I know. I know. They're all doing it together. Together. <laughs> oh, there's nothing more appropriate for World War II than a Zephron quote. <laughs> They're the same thing. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, so uh, they they've now kind of cleared this area. Um, they spend the rest of the night in a church that is nearby, and there's a lot of commentary about how this church used to be very pretty, but it's, like, totally bombed out and shot up, and, like, there's the statues of, like, you know, Mary has half her face blown off and all that kind of jazz. Um, but everybody's, like, sleeping on the pews. Uh, Rio has taken her socks and her boots off and, like, set up her socks right by the fire so she can, you know, not have gangrene in her foot. And, um, yeah, yay! Someone scrounges up some wine from the back and there's this awesome joke where they're like, don't drink that, you'll burst into flames. And Kat's like, I'll drink half of it and let you know if I don't burst into flames, it's safe for everybody else. (laughs) And so they all start passing around this wine. um, And there's like conversations and there's poems and singing and like, it's a weirdly celebratory mood, especially when you're reading it from the perspective of Rio, who is not celebratory at all and who is very like, horrified at what just happened and PTSD is setting in and all that stuff. Um, she listens for a while and then she puts her socks and her boots back on and she laces them up because she's like, I'm never going to be caught out when I'm sleeping. I want to be able to run. And she starts falling asleep, listening to the sounds of the people around her. And she's just catching these like snippets of song and conversation. And she hears like conversation of home and blah, blah, blah. She does hear somebody talking shit about her and Tilo and that whole situation. And she falls asleep. Oh, Rio. That chapter, like the end of that chapter, where she's like slowly falling asleep and she's hearing these drif- drifting conversations, that like gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's like one of the standout pieces of writing that I've seen so far in this book. It's, oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. It is so very good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, oh. Shit. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Which makes the next chapter even worse. Uh. <laughs> do you want me to get through it, or did you want, do you want to talk more about that cockamamie scheme? I'm, I mean, it, it was... I, I got nothing. I like the dog. I like the dog, too. <laughs> He's just a little puppy. <laughs> he ain't done nothing wrong. He's just a puppy. What's wrong with the dog? Yeah, I like the <laughs> dog. A dog. <laughs> Get a load of that dog. Anyway. Um, yeah. I was also um, enthusiastic about how well Rio and Jack were working together. Yeah. They've got... Saying. They've got kind of that, like, they don't necessarily have to, like, communicate. They kind of just, like, vibe in terms of, like, same thought. Yeah. Kinda. Single thought connection. Single thought connection. Yeah. Com. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like they're they're just a really good team. They are. They're they're an excellent team, and I 
I was digging them in this chapter when they were taking out the sniper. Yeah. Or the machine gunner. Yeah. <sighs> when, when Jack was like, Sorry. prop me up, and she, like, propped him up to do the recoil. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was great. Because yeah. if it would have been me, I would have been like, what? What do you mean prop you <laughs> up? Can you explain it to me? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you want. <laughs> Can you be more specific? <laughs> be more specific with your feedback, please. <laughs> <laughs> what why? why why actually yeah i know uh, that's good there was a lot of jack in this part and i enjoyed that i really like jack yeah and hanzu pang yeah those are the two men that i am very big fans of here yep no gear a lot less Cole. Cole has really taken a back seat since uh, Sticklin came up. Yeah, since he's like platoon sergeant now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Yep. I guess. I mean, he, sh- he shows up a little bit later, I think. He does. He's, he's around. Okay. He's around. He's just not he's like not, leading them anymore. He's not our, our army dad anymore. He's not He's not our dad anymore. Oh. I'm your dad. I'm... <laughs> you are my dad. You're my dad. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really like that chapter. It was, it was a much needed win after the previous chapter. I know, it really was, and like just everybody like coming together to like sing and say poem, like just stupid poems, like they were just goofy ass bullshit. But like yeah. everybody coming together was was great Mm -hmm. and then like rio feeling like she's on the outside like that was a better display of like how much this shit is weighing on her than anything else for sure (sighs) oh good job michael grant yep (laughs) okay do you want to talk about frangie i guess i don't but i will okay i like frangie's brothers a lot harder yeah, he's pretty cool. I like I like his enthusiasm. I wish he'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a lot. He's a he's a lot as a person. Yeah. Okay. And like like when when he's not agendaing, it's fine. He's like yeah. a chill dude. But then anyway, well, well, well yeah. Listen, I have friends that are a lot, and I love them, but, like, sometimes I'm just going to zone out when they talk. Yep. So, yeah. All right, so we're with Frangie now. She is at the hospital and getting depressed as fuck. Oh, yeah. Like, she is really sad and bored. She doesn't like it. Yeah. Um, And she's just been shuttled around off boats and into makeshift hospitals and treated like a package and not a person and... Then, like, finally, there was, like, one nurse that came in who is nicer than the others, and they kind of talked for a bit, and the nurse is asking her, like, oh, the blues have set in, huh? And, uh, you know, it won't be, it won't be that much longer. You're, we're gonna get your leg together, and you'll be right back at it. And Randy's like, wait, wait a second, I'm, I'm not gonna be sent home. And the nurse is like, well, they don't really consult me on that, but, you know, Probably not. Good yeah. luck. Your your chart says you're going back to war. Congratulations. Yep. Oh my god. Um Yeah, and anyways, eventually in this wild ass conversation, the nurse is like, Oh, your last name, Mar, is really familiar. Like, I can't place it, but it sounds really familiar. And then the nurse introduces herself and like Frangie's like, I don't I don't fucking know who you are. So she's like, 
All right, well, whatever. I'll have food brought into you soon. And um, Frangie slips into the super weird dreamless sleep that's, like, only interrupted by the doctors coming in and out of the room and, like, you know, poking her with needles. And finally, she has a tray of food brought in for her. But when she looks up, she's stunned because the person bringing in that tray of food was her older brother, Harder. And it has been years since they have seen each other. And she mentions, like, Harder is the tallest person in the family. He's over six feet tall. And, like, he has lighter skin than the rest of them. And, like, you know, he just looks different. But, like, she immediately justifies it with, like, oh, you know, every black family has, like, you know, white ancestry. So it just happens. And they have this, like, tearful reunion. And um, they're, like, just, you know, haven't seen my big brother in years. So they're having a great time. And then he's like, I have to get back to work, but I promise I'll come bust you out once I'm done. And so Frangie's like, okay. And she goes back to sleep. But this time she's like, it's peaceful. Like she's actually getting some rest. And she's woken up when Harder shows back up with a blanket and a wheelchair and a blind slat wrapped in gauze and tape. And Frangie's like, okay, two of these things I get. What's up with the, the blind slat? And uh, he's like, this is for the itching. And uh, Frangie is so pleased by this. She tells her brother that he should win an award for for coming up with this. So, uh, yeah, it was great. Eventually, they get her into the wheelchair. He wraps the blanket around her. And it's like, it's very caring and loving, which was, was really interesting to see, especially, like, in the middle of this book. But... Mm-hmm. It was just, like, very much the feeling of, like, an older brother taking care of her. And, and uh, yeah, so he wraps her in the blanket and he wheels her out and, like, down this walkway. They're going past, like, all the other patients who are dying and, like, whatever. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's a real sad march. Uh, but they get outside and he takes her over towards where she can hear guitar. And he goes, oh, that's one of the other staff. And, like, you know, if we're really lucky, this other woman will come out and sing. And they're really great together. And he wheels Frangie right up to the fire where this guy is playing guitar. And too close, even. Like, Frangie feels like she's burning up. And this is where he starts to go off about war and how it's actually between fascists and the commies. And the black soldiers are being used in the war to make them feel like they were essential and could contribute. But this was just a ruse. Frangie zones out, as did I. <laughs> Literally, that's all the notes I took. This was 10 pages. It, it was so long. Yep. It was so long. It was so long. <sighs> it was so long. Um, so yeah, Frangie's zoning out. But eventually she hears her brother say something about the Greenwood riots. And Frangie just kind of casually goes, oh, well, what do you know about that? And uh, Harder's like, oh. Has our mother never told you? And Frangie's like, well, she I knew she was there, but like, you know, she doesn't, we don't talk about it. And uh, so he launches into this story where like he will not stop, even though Frangie is giving many social cues that she would like him to. And he just starts going like, you know, our mother was there and our father was away in Chicago and our mother was attacked by all these white men and brutally raped to the point of almost dying. And she was in the hospital for weeks and weeks and like, and this is already enough of a shock, but then, like, he starts going, like, why don't you think I don't look like our dad? Why do you think I'm this tall? Why do you think my skin's this light? Like, what the fuck? Have you never figured this out? And, like, Franchi is reeling, because this, this is a lot. This is a lot to take in. Um, and then 
Carter keeps going like, well, that's why her father kicked us out. Like, yeah, it was a little bit because my radical views, but like mostly it was a daily reminder that I wasn't his son and like what had happened to his wife. And like, that's just where they end the chapter. Yep. Yep. Family trauma for everyone. Yay. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This it was is where quite I, a lot. It was a lot. Like, I, I, I still maintain it's like you didn't have to. You could have just like insinuated it. Yeah. Like we we got there. We did get there. <sighs> but. Everything sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I can't promise you the next chapter is going to be, like, a lighthearted romp. But I want it. You cannot have it. I'm sorry. Wee. All right. Fine. Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, this is the opposite <laughs> of a lighthearted romp. <laughs> oh, no. I like how you just looked chapter. at your notes and was like, oh, no. <laughs> I flipped over my book and I'm like, oh. Oh no! Yeah, this one, yeah. shit. Sorry. <sighs> Why do you do this to me? I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I, I know you agreed to read Animorphs with me. I didn't think we'd get to this particular <laughs> point. Oh no! <laughs> oh, shit. And I'm sorry for oh. all of it. It's fine. Ugh. <laughs> Well, let's get it over with. <sighs> All right. Rainy is slapped across the face repeatedly. The cuts from the ring on her torturer's hand had cut her so many times and for so long that some of the cuts were old and scabbed and some are new and freshly bleeding and her teeth are broken. Her body is one big bruise that's coated in blood and urine and shit and just smells terrible. She has no idea how long she's been here in this weird prison. And uh, Hans is then instructed to strike her again. And she gives out the only information she's given this whole time, which is her adjusted name so that they do not know that she is Jewish. She says, I am Rainy Schiller, and she gives her serial number. And as she does that, she is once again struck because they are trying to pump her for information about where the armed forces are and like where this is happening and she is giving nothing but her fake name and a serial number so she's floating in this weird state between consciousness and trying to like you know basically just grasping at memories to get out of there so she tries to go back to the night where she was on her date in new york with halev but she can't recall that conversation anymore because this conversation is broken up into just snippets her memory is going uh, Rainy has been here for weeks, probably, um, and at first she fought as best she could, and when she realized that there was no way to escape because this was a literal prison with, like, steel doors and bars on the windows, then she would call out to the prisoners that she watched being lined up outside, lit cigarettes put into their mouth, and before they were shot, she would call out to them. 
But that Rainy, the one that could fight, was long since gone, and in her place there was only a quiet, beaten Rainy who was covered in blood and piss and shit. And um, she later finds herself stirring back in her cell. She's not really sure how she got there, but, you know, she's kind of in and out of it. But what had woken her up was a new and different noise. It was gunshots, but it didn't sound like the ones in the courtyard this time. This time they were coming from a different direction, and there was a lot of shouting. So she focuses in as best she can, and she realizes that what it is is the Germans walking through the cells and one by one executing the prisoners. There's no means of escape. She listens as they get closer and closer, and there's shots and screaming one by one. She hears her neighbor's cell door bang open and yelling, and then two bangs, one into the heart, one into the head. Her cell door swings open, and it was Hans and another soldier, and they are drunk. And Hans comes right in, right up to her, lines up his pistol, and shoots it. But he turns it sideways, so it's the hammer that strikes her. He then lines up the gun to her head, and he shoots, and the bullet hits right next to the side of her head. And she has no idea why Hans has spared her in this moment, but he did. And so she just lays as still as she can. And Hans goes, she's dead. And then they leave and continue on their killing spree. And Rainy is laying there as still as possible for as long as she can. And eventually, she no longer has to play at laying still. She can't move. She is so weak. And after who knows how much time has passed, she hears another sound different this time and she swears it's a Bronx accent and she's kind of like no that's probably in my head but no it was it was American soldiers and as some of them pass she uses all of the strength left in her body to eke out a fuck Hitler and that's how they find her (laughs) Um, so the soldiers come into her cell and surround her and one woman picks her head up and puts it in her lap and keeps calling her honey Mm, in a familiar way Uh, and Rainy asks for water, and they dribble it into her mouth, and she works so hard to swallow it. The soldier asks how she got here, and what's her name, and Rainy's trying to answer, but just ends up sobbing into this woman's lap for a long, long time. And when she finally pulls herself together to try and answer this question, she realizes this person is asking the exact same question that her torturer repeatedly asked her for who knows how long, but this time she answers it honestly. Ugh. Yikes. Ugh. Oh, Rainy. Oh, Rainy. Oh, Rainy. Yikes. Yeah. Yep. There's so much more graphic detail to that chapter that I <sighs> skimmed. Yeah. Like, why did Hans spare her? The only thing that Rainy thought was that it was because, like, maybe he thought it it was entertaining that, like, she She made a fool of his superior officer. Yeah, and he was going to leave her to, like, starve to death. Yeah. So? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, because my mind was like, oh my god, is he, like like, a sleeper agent? Like, a double agent? Blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, your yours is probably correct. Well, that's just what it said in the book. I, I yeah. don't know. Like, yeah. I... That was a rainy thought, but, like, I truly did not know. Yeah. 
one for the whole family. I know, right? <laughs> such a downer. It was really intense. Like, it was so intense. And, like, just the, like, the description of, like, her losing hope and how at the beginning it was so clear, the timeline. And then, like, I loved the way it was written because it was, like, so obvious when you'd kind of pass into those more, like, non-lucid states. Yeah. I really, really liked the way that that chapter was written. God. And then at the end, Janot. <laughs> Janot, yeah. Uh, oh, God, I love it. Yeah, like, fucking... Michael Grant is really not afraid to put characters through the ringer. Nope, not at all. Like, like they're just fascinated with, like, putting the characters through the roughest shit and seeing what comes out of the blender. Yeah. Like, yep. it's fascinating. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. And, like, I don't know, like, I don't know that saying I like it is, like, the terms I want to use. Right. <laughs> but, like, it's so fascinating and it's so, like, <sighs> compelling. I've just, I've never seen... And I've probably said this a thousand times. Like, I haven't ever seen any other YA authors do it like this. Like, Mm -hmm. they're all like, oh my god, she was a vampire and she killed a man and was sad about it for like two seconds. And then she moved on and and occasionally she thought about it, but mostly it was like, yeah, like, (laughs) nobody does it like this. Uh, for real for real shit and like the array of ways that they deal with it too so it's not like oh and like she thought about it every once in a while like one of the characters may do that but like we have Rio who is just having these repetitive 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 thoughts and we have Frangi who's like totally like not fine but like her trauma is from a totally different place and then now of course the thing with her mother is new but like even when she was you know a doctor nurse it was different and like rainy is just totally different yeah (sighs) like oh god it sucks because like rainy was the most like on board at the beginning like she's Mm -hmm. like i signed up i want to you know, contribute to the war. Like, I want to fuck up some Nazis and blah, blah, blah. And she, like, wow. Oh, I can't, uh, I can't wait to get to the last chapter of Rainy's Oh my god, I know. I know. I know. know. Uh, Uh, Fuck. But, we have some letters. 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 To the parents and the friends and the lovers. I didn't rewind to the letters, so bloop, bloop, bloop. Watch me scroll for 30 minutes. Ah, here we go. I found Ah. it. Aha. You ready for some letters? Letters. Dear mother and father, a friend is writing this for me since I banged my hand a bit and the fingers are stiff. I know you must have been very worried since it's been quite a while since I was able to write, but please don't worry. I am perfectly fine. In fact, I've run into some old friends from Africa 
one of whom, Jeannot Castain, is writing this down for me. Someday I will tell you all about my adventures over these last couple of months. No time for more right now. They have me hopping. Just know that I am all right and that I miss you terribly and remain your loving daughter, Rainy. <sighs> That's a fucking bunch of lies there, bud. It is. It, it's all lies. It's all That's bullshit. all lies. It's fucking nonsense. Yep. <sighs> okay, next one. Dear Mom, I'm sending this letter by way of Pastor Medale because I don't want Daddy to read it. You'll know from the letter I sent addressed to you both that I am in England now, having been slightly wounded. What I did not mention in that letter is that Harder is here working as an orderly. I don't quite know how to say what I need to say next, so I guess I better just blurt it out. Uh, Harder told me what happened during the riots. I understand a lot more now than I did. I understand why Daddy can't deal with Harder, even though I wish he could. And of course I understand Harder better too. But most of all, I feel I understand for the first time how hard your life has been. Mother, I am so sorry for any time I vexed you. I am so sorry for so many things. I know you forgive me. You always do. And if you would rather we never speak of this again, I will honor your wishes. But since you aren't here to shush me, I want to say something. You kept us safe from all the pain you felt. You kept all that bottled up. And because of it, I got to grow up happy. If I am a mother someday, I hope to do half as well. Please don't worry about me. I am well away from the fighting, completely healthy aside from a very itchy cast on my leg and I doubt I would be near the fighting again. You must never worry on my account. Harder is fine, full of all of his usual passion and wild ideas, but he is liked and respected here, though he's only an orderly. He still has a way about him that draws people. Well, that's it for now. I won't mention Harder in the letters I write to the whole family, but if you wanted to write to him, you could send it to me, and I will pass it along to him. Pray for me, your loving and grateful daughter, Frangie. P.S. Pray for the boys and girls I care for, too. They need it more than me. Mm. all right next letter dear mother and father well i'm a corporal now and they're threatening to make me a buck sergeant eventually it means some responsibility which i'm not keen on i think i like following orders rather than giving them although you know strictly speaking ncos don't give orders they just carry them out so i suppose whatever happens it won't be entirely my fault we lost a fellow named Tilo Suarez a few weeks ago. It was very sad, and I've been going over and over in my head what could have been done by anyone to save him. Sergeant Cole says I have to accept it and move on. He says we have to pull all, put all of our feelings in a box and only open that box at some later time. But these people are my friends now, not just fellow soldiers. I am sorry. I am rambling on, aren't I? And I don't have time to start over or I'll miss getting this posted, and who knows when the next mail call will come. Daddy, I remember you saying that I should find a good sergeant and stick by him. Well, I have two now, Cole and Stick. I am in good hands, and I am not worried, so I hope that you won't be either. I'm writing this from the shadow of a sheer... I'm writing this from the shadow of a sheer and amazing mountain topped by a an incredible monastery. It's all very beautiful. Love always, Rio. What could have been done by anyone to, <laughs> to save him? Yep. Oh, Nothing. Love it. Are you ready for the last letter? Yeah. Dearest Rio, finally I'm in a place where I can write. England. Of course I can't tell you where exactly without risking the censors marking the page up with their black marks. But I'm fully recovered and reassigned to... <laughs> you dumbass strand. You dumb fucking idiot. 
I hate this so much. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm doing it. Yeah. My darling, I loved our time together in Tunis. It was magical. I won't say more here where prying eyes see everything, but I want you to know that it was no meaningless pastime for me. I wanted to say that when we last met, but Gutierrez tells me that I was singing Christmas carols. I was a little out of my head, as I guess you noticed. Ha ha. Anyway, darling, I hope the future will see us together, you and I. I hope also that you know I will always try to do the right thing by you. I would say something more definite, but my love... I am leery of making promises when our futures are so fraught with possible difficulties. But my love for you is undiminished. Always and forever yours, Strand. God. My darling, my dearest love. I can't promise anything more because of our indefinite futures. Just fucking get engaged if you want to get fucking engaged, Strand. Don't make fucking dumbass excuses because you can't afford to put a ring on it. (laughs) Fuck off. I hate this guy. Like, this is such a fucking teenage fucking thing. Like, if your intention is to get married, like... What, you're saying that because future difficulties, so you're both fighting in the war. If one of you dies and you're engaged, do you know what that changes? Fucking nothing. 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 Not a thing. Nothing. Just say I wanted to fuck you and dump you, okay? Whoa! Jesus Christ, Hit it Strand. and quit it. Yeah. Hit it and quit it, and you're just trying to line up your next booty call by writing your fucking letters with your meaningless words. With your words and your sentences and your fucking idiocracies. She just, she fucking recovered your body and carried you out of there and saved your fucking life. And you're here like, I was singing Christmas carols instead of telling you I loved you. Fuck off, you useless piece of shit. He is a useless piece of shit. I hate him. I hate this. Get out of here. Jesus. Oh, God. Fucking shoot him right in the dick. Yep. Yep. I hate him. I hate him. I fucking hate him. It's like... I, like... He just... He just doesn't... He's just not... He doesn't know anything. He's, he's just fucking idiot. flying his planes. He crashes planes. So he's not even good at flying his planes. And now he's just hanging out in the hospital. Fucking what? Hanging he's so, out? He's so fucking mediocre. He's so mediocre. The most mediocre. I'd go beyond mediocre. I'd say useless. Mm-hmm. He's the worst. Not even semi-competent. Like, not only that, but like, oh, I don't want the censors to know that I'm going to clearly brag that we had sex. Like, oh. If you don't want to say anything, then don't say anything. I hate Strand Braxton. I fucking hate Strand Braxton. <laughs> <laughs> let's get t-shirts I, hate Strand I would love that i would love that with like the stylized plane on it as well uh, like stylized <laughs> propeller plane i hate strand braxton oh what if it's one of those like planes with the banners on it and yes <laughs> oh yes the banner i hate strand braxton yes oh no oh my yep. god we need the t-shirt send one to michael grant 
Would you wear this shirt? What size are you? Do you want this shirt? Oh my god. That's hilarious. <laughs> god. Wow. Nightmare from hell. It's not great. He's not great. He's terrible. Oh, this fucking chapter. Okay. You ready for this chapter? Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Rio is in a meeting with Cole and Stick and several other people that are in charge listening to the orders that were being passed down. I don't know if this name was right because I'm about to say it out, ra- out loud and I think I may have no- annotated it wrong. General Mark Clark. Mark Clark. Really? They named him Mark Clark, huh? Mark Clark. Where right. the fuck? I mean, I I feel like I went back and looked to make sure because they're comparing him to Patton. Yeah, like, I remember, I remember, yeah. We'll go with General that. Mark Clark. Mark Clark. Uh, yeah, so basically this dude is a general that's obsessed with getting, like, the level of glory that Patton had achieved, but who has zero skills. So Yay! He's like, you know what will get me a lot of glory? Is if we take Monte Cassino, an impossible location to take. But he's not going to do this by a good plan. What he's going to do is he's going to send GIs, have them carry boats across a completely open hilly land that the Germans have control of, and more so that they have entrenched themselves in and could sit happily above them, shooting down and dropping mortars, just picking them off. Uh, And once they'd hauled the boats across that land, they would then put them in the water that they also don't have any cover in. And just have them fight. And you know what? They'd also already tried this plan. And a platoon almost got completely wiped out. And it had become a story that everybody was telling of like, wow, look at how big of a fuck up that was. And this guy says, yeah, let's do that again. Fuck off. So, fuck off, dude. So, yeah, Rio's basically like, well, that's terrible. And they're walking out of this meeting and Stick is like, Rio? You gotta keep it together for everybody. Don't let don't let on that this is a bad plan. And Rio's like, well, they're not fucking stupid. They're gonna know. And Stick is like, yeah, but you have to pretend that you're on board with this. And okay, so they head out there. They recount what the mission's going to be. And everybody's like, well, that's fucking dumb. Yep. Yep. So they're like, okay, great. This is a suicide mission. So they kind of split off. They're all looking for boats to carry. And Jeannot partners up with Rio. And they're like kind of kicking around looking at these boats. So many of them already have like holes and shattered out and like blah, blah. So they're looking. And um, Jeannot starts to just talk about this mission and how stupid it is. And Rio is trying to tease her. And it's like, sorry, I keep yawning. How I was trying dare to tease her. I know. I, I, I'm so tired. <laughs> um, Rio's t- trying to tease her and is just basically like, what, you scared or something? And Jeannot's like, yeah, I'm fucking scared. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And Jeannot kind of like loses it. And like, I'm sorry I can't be big bad Rio who's not afraid of anything. And like, I understand why, like, you know, you don't want to talk to me anymore because you're playing with the boys and trying to pretend to be one of them and like they're raised not to talk about their feelings and so you're just gonna fucking be like this now and um she she 
yeah, she just loses. Basically, like, you won't share your feelings with me like you did back in Gedwall Falls. And, like, what are you trying to prove? And Rio then turns on Janot and is like, every single person I have lost, like, literally grabs her by the collar, is up in her face. And is like, every single person I have lost is tearing up my insides. And I know every fucking time I go out there that you could be next. And I think about that every single time. But the reality of the situation is that we're here now. We're in this war and we're stuck here and we have to deal with it. And there is nothing we can do about that. And she kind of like pushes her away and is saying like, you know, the fear won't help. I'm just trying to get by. And Janot is like, I also am just trying to get by. And they pause and then they kind of start joking, like immediately skip back into like jokes. And Rio's like, well, maybe after the war you can write a book about it. And Janot's like, yeah, and then if they make a movie, they're going to have to cast Veronica Lake to play me. And Rio's like, oh, well, then who would play me? And Janot's like, John Wayne in a dress. And that, like, cracks them up. Like, that just breaks the tension. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when Rio reaches for Janot's hand and says, it's going to be okay. And they share this brief moment, but it gets broken by Stick coming over and saying, like, all right, let's grab the boats. Let's go. So several teams pick up the boats. That's five or six people to a boat. And Rio has Kat, Hanzu, Janot, Jillian, and Jack. And they start carrying this boat. And there's, like, literally right away, shells falling down around them. They're just marching through an open fucking field. Like, literally, there's small rolling hills. And, like, they're just walking as shit's falling around them. And they see the mortars incoming, they yell to duck, they go flat on the ground, and then they pick up the boat and they keep going. And there's a boat near them that gets hit. They watch as the men and women are flung aside and there's boat splinters everywhere. And they just have to keep walking. There's, like, bullets. They can hear them ricocheting off of shit around them. The snipers are starting to, like, be able to reach them. They're within range. And they just have to keep walking. Um, There's a tree nearby that's hit by a mortar and it explodes and sends shards of wood everywhere and they watch as one of them pierces Jillian's uniform and Rio drops the boat and rushes over and checks on her they like pull aside like parts of her uniform and they realize that they didn't even nick the skin like she got so lucky and for the first time in like weeks Rio sees Jillian smile and like they continue on they make it to the river against all odds they flip the boat in they start climbing in and launching, and as Jillian is climbing into the boat, she gets hit by a bullet directly into the eye, and Rio watches and calls for a medic as she watches the brain matter slide out into the swamp behind Jillian's body. And there's no helping her. There's nothing they can do about it. Um, Janot starts going through Jillian's uniform looking for something, and Rio's just like, row, row, we gotta get out of here. And they are trying their best to row this thing as bullets are whizzing all around them. Uh, there's an oar that gets shot out of Gear's hand and it's shattered and Cat jumps back there to try and help him and help row out of that area. A line of bullets hits the side of their boat and sends them spinning in the opposite direction that they were trying to go. They're facing the wrong way. They try to course correct and keep going. And then Rio realizes that this boat is filling up with water because the bullet holes have like just taken out the side. So she and Janot start trying to bail out with their helmets and it's just not working and the boat is sinking. And so uh, Rio tells everybody to just drop their packs, drop everything, swim. Um, So 
the boat slips under the water, Rio starts swimming off until she feels land come up under her feet. She crawls out of the river and she sees no one, like none of her platoon is behind her, nobody she knows. But right in front of her are two German shoulders, soldiers with their guns leveled at her. Rio plunks down onto the bank, just sitting on her butt with her hands on her helmet. And the Germans are like, okay, so she isn't much of a threat. So one takes off to go after other people and the one is left to guard her and he offers her a cigarette. And Rio's like, yeah, of course, I'll take a cigarette. So the German leans in to give it to her and she grabs her knife from off of her side, runs it up through his belly and just literally proceeds to gut him and stare into his face as he goes through all of these emotions, the surprise, betrayal, realization that like this is the end for him. This is how he dies. This moment of no, not me. How could this have happened to me? And then this acceptance before he finally passes and when Rio goes to retrieve her knife, she actually has to put her boot on his chest cavity and yank it out. And when she turns around with this bloody knife, she sees Jack looking at her. And they just kind of have this casual moment of like, yep. And then Rio's like, well, do you want to spend the night of a prisoner of war camp or should we swim across the river? And Jack's like, yeah, well, we better get swimming then. So they take off. Fun! Yep. Yummy. Yep. Jack also got shot in that altercation, but it was very superficial. Yeah. It was just like nicked his shoulder or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was... Oh. Yikes. Yeah. Like Jillian, you know, having the close call with the shrapnel and then just getting like right through the eye. I'm telling you, I knew it. I knew it. The second... That they that she was like, I don't feel it, I don't feel it. And they like opened her her clothing and it missed her. I was like, She's dead. Yeah. Like I I don't know what it was because I don't even I don't think that that's like a trope or anything. Maybe it is. But like as soon as it happened, I was like, She's fucking gone. Yep. Dunzo. Dunzo. Oh, I wonder if Chanel got her her sketchbook out of her uniform. Ooh, might have yeah, because we don't ever find out what she was getting. Right. She just Started rifling through her clothing. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeannot, maybe you should write a book about it. Dabs. Yep. Dabs. Yeah, I think we figured out who the author is. Oh, my God. For sure. I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like we figured it out pretty early on. Like, I think we did pretty good. We did. But it feels nice to be validated in the text. It does feel very nice to be validated. This is going to be so disappointing when it's fucking cat. Like, that was just a fake out. <laughs> it was cat the whole time. Jeno <laughs> is dead. She wanted me to write this for her. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, that, so, okay. So the Rio chapters are almost always way longer yeah. than any of the other chapters. Yeah. That one to me felt like that was at least two chapters, if not three. Yeah, it was so long. It was so long, but it was also like there was the meeting and yep. the mission, which yep. was one thing. There yep. was Rio and Jeannot going through their thing. Then there was executing the mission. And that just felt like three chapters to me. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Ma'am. I just, I'm... I'm, like, impressed that Jeannot has, like, stuck through it this long. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I, 
like I didn't figure she would last very long. Not that she would that she would die, but like she would like bail somehow. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really impressed with her. Like Jeannot feels like what most people in this situation would be. Yeah, she's kind of like the the every person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like she's still like very much like clinging to this idea of home in a way that other people aren't. I kind of feel like like she's very much mm-hmm. like Rio's all I have left of home and she's changing before my eyes and I don't want to lose her. And like that's yeah. her way of like keeping sane throughout this whole thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also really liked when Jack watched Rio kill that Nazi and he was like he didn't say anything and in the text it's not like he looked at her with a troubled expression or anything he was just kind of like go let's go yeah like (laughs) Like, I (laughs) legit he was like yup you definitely did stab that guy to death let's go yup and, like, it's this visceral death of, like, shoving it into his guts and up into his sternum. She hits the bone and feels the knife hit bone. And yeah. She's staring into this man's eyes as he dies. And she pulls out, like, she loots him a little bit to find the picture of his wife and kid. Oh, yeah. And is like, yeah. like, And then she just turns around and there's Jack. And he's like, you good? Yep. Let's get out of here. Which, like, I wasn't sure, like... I feel like in previous books, like, Rio would do something and then Jack would kind of look at her like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But yes. now it's it seems to have gone away. Like... Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it feels like Jack is finally seeing her as, like, a soldier as opposed to, like, a, a girl. A little yeah. Guy. A little girl. Yeah. And he's, like... He's probably, like, okay, like... You know, she's, like, I'm sticking with her. Like, mm-hmm. you know. She'll keep me alive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun and games for the whole family. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, where everybody else in the platoon went like where they're gonna because they're they're just suddenly scattered to the wind like oh i know it's gonna be so interesting i'm sure they must have oh no oh no oh no oh and we got confirmation that luther gear's cat was removed from the situation and went to go live somewhere else thank the cat was sent back on a boat (laughs) Thank fucking God. Uh, I was like, don't, don't kill the cat, please. Don't yeah, do no. this. They sent the cat back to safety. Uh, Thank God. Yeah. God. Idiot. Luther Gear. Fucking idiot. Yeah, fucking idiot. Now he's going to be insufferable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he already is. He already is. There, there's no change. No, it's he's the same character. He's he's the same. With or without mm. cat. Yeah. Oh my god. 
You ready for this last chapter? Last chapter. Last chapter. Okay. I'm really going to rely on our conversation afterwards to help with this one because it was very difficult to summarize. Yeah. Um, so we're with Rainy uh, because she has to give an interview of what happened, like where she was. It is two days, two days after she gets back. Great. And she has to give an interview recounting her entire experience. And as she's on her way to this interview, she's debating, like, what will make me seem not crazy? Like, how do I how do I act like I am fit for duty? And she's like, wait, how do I want to act like I'm fit for duty? Or do I want to say things that will get me out of here? And so she's, like, going through all of these strategies in her mind and, like, trying to decide what she wants to do and how she wants this to play out. But when she walks in the room, it's none other than Herkmeyer who faces her. And they start asking questions. There's, you know, the the um, stenographer is there as well, as well as another asshole, basically. We don't really even need to know anything about him except the guy's a dick. Yeah. Um, and so they start asking her, like, you know, tell us from step one what happened and how you got captured and how this all went down and... So she starts, like, from the beginning. And as she's talking about the plan, you know, to to go and get intel from taking this mobster to meet his family, to meet some guy at the embassy, the first thing that really catches them off guard is they're like, well, what was your extraction plan? She said, none. And the asshole is basically like, well, they would never send you in there without, like, you're lying, basically. And uh, Herkmeyer shuts that shit down. Yeah. He's like, No. You go sit down in the corner and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Think about what you've done. Think about what you've done. And um, the whole time that Rainey's recounting this, like, she is trying to keep it as factual as possible. Mm-hmm. No emotion at all. Mm-hmm. And so then she starts talking about how she got caught. And she tells this really stripped down version of it. And when she speaks about the Nazis, she actually turns away at one point because her hatred just overwhelms her and she doesn't want Herkmeyer to see it. But the stenographer sees that look of absolute hatred on her face and is very taken aback. And so she's trying to control herself again. Like she sees that reaction. She's trying to bring it back and she's trying to play this like part. Like she's an actress where I can strip the emotion out of it. It's fine. Um, and then she tells them like kind of how far she had traveled and they don't believe her. And, and then she's talking about the torture part of it and Rainy is barely holding it together. And then she starts shouting out, I gave them nothing. Like, nothing. And Herkmeyer says, like, name and serial number. And she goes, not even name. Like, I lied to them about my name because they couldn't know I was Jewish. Like, so I told them I was Rainy Schiller. And she's, like, getting so upset. And it's made worse by the fact that Herkmeyer is staring at her with this gentleness. And that sets her off. Like, she is holding it back but then tears start like kind of silently coming down her face and that's about when they start calling enough like they can see like she's breaking down they have all the parts of the story they need they know how she got captured they know the mission they know what happened to her when she was in this prison and then right at the very end Herkmeyer says I've doubted myself and my part in what I've done to you so often but I want you to know that I never doubted you that you did a great job here. He says, well done, damned well done. 
And Rainy just shoots up out of the chair and runs out of the room, just choking back sobs. We, <laughs> Yay. Yay. <sighs> Holy shit, though. Like, she really, she really did give them nothing. She gave them nothing. Oh, my God. Like, it's just amazing how, like, even after all that trauma, she's just, like, trying to strategize. Like, she's even considering, like, staying mm-hmm. after what she's gone through. It's just wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the moment where she's like, oh, should I should I say the thing that makes it so, like, I'm not fit to be here? Yeah. And then she just kind of dismisses that, like, immediately. Yeah. Like, fucking <sighs> buck wild to me. Yeah, she's... She's something else. Uh, damn. Oh! I just want them all to be okay, and they're not! <laughs> They're never going to be okay. Never. There's no reality in which they're okay. Not okay. <laughs> I'm not okay. Oh. Oh. It's over, man. It's game over, man. Game over. It's fucked up. I, like, I don't, I don't even know what's going to happen in this last part. We have another part to get through. How can it be more intense? than what we've just read. I feel like that's such a dangerous question to ask. What? What the fuck? We're gonna find out. Oh my god, I'm not ready. I'm not ready either. Holy shit. Oh. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. And then we have another book to go through. I know! What? I don't know. What the fuck? fuck it's already so much it's too much already it's so much oh my god like i can't i need i need some joy i need some i need some goofs and and... (laughs) i can't can't do all this sad shit Uh... fuck yeah there's there's really not any runway for goofs at this point. No. Only death. Only death. Goofs have left the room. Yeah. Permanently, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But man, am I enjoying this book. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. It's not like anything I've ever read. Yeah, and, like, even the parts of it that are, like, Animorphs-ish. Yeah. It's, like, on steroids. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I don't even. I don't even. God. Like, I love the the book. (laughs) But, yeah, I hate it. (laughs) I don't like what's happening. Right. But I love it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We've been, we've been through this. You know, you know. What's yeah, going. yeah, I know. I get it. I don't want everyone to be upset and traumatized and dead and mutilated and shit. But mm-hmm. it's 
It's very compelling. <laughs> it's very moving. Yeah, we're gonna have to read like Crenshaw after this real quick. Some some happy <laughs> Jesus Christ, like Doggo and Pupper or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, I need a yeah boost of serotonin after this. Maybe the Midas man. touch. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I can't. I can't. <laughs> nice. <laughs> romance novel gross yeah <laughs> well what else what else we got i uh, i don't know like i i'm so ready to read this final part and like find the fuck out Two weeks from now. Two weeks. It's been two weeks to read this book. Put your hand aside and said, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's just in time for my birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Dead Day. people. Head dead people. Happy birthday. It's <laughs> birthday. It's birthday. Oh, no. <laughs> Christ. All right, well, let's go have nightmares. Okay, After I'm in. Let's talk about where where we can have nightmares on on the internet. Oh yeah, well, if you want to send a nightmare to my inbox, you can do that at anonymousanimals at gmail dot com, or send you can find us on face. Yeah, send me a nightmare, please. <laughs> you can send me your nightmares on Facebook in the Andalite Bandalite super awesome super secret subgroup or you know the main page Animorphs Anonymous or the Apple Grant Book Club or you can find us on Twitter at Apple Grant Cast or Animorphs Anonymous or our personal Twitters I guess if you know those good luck anyways moving right along Instagram <laughs> Apple Grant Book Club or Animorphs Anonymous on Instagram uh, hang on. Had to swallow. Okay, we are also fuck on a Discord. We are on a Discord server, um, where you can be there with the nightmares and maybe the Sandman. Bring me a sand, man me a sand. Uh, on the Discord where we, and there's other people there, and we all talk and hang out and have goofs and 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 pet pictures and all sorts of cool shit if you want the link to that hit us up on any of our socials we'll we'll get you an invite and you can come hang with us hell yeah and it's a cool group of chill people that are awesome it's a good fucking time we are also uploading old episodes of animals anonymous onto our youtube page strong shape international every wednesday go listen to the your old favorites yeah um, what if I'm tired of listening to the nightmares and I wake up and need something to read to comfort me in these trying times? Every morning when I wake up, I read a webcomic that Casey writes and draws, and, and it's called B-Side You, and you can read it for free at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com, and you can read it on Tapas and Webtoons, and then you can go to Patreon, because you fucking loved it so much, and you can, you can give me a little bit of sweet money. And you can get early access pages and bonus content and all sorts of shit. Hell yeah. And at the $832 tier, you can get the Slater cast that Dan and I do, 
where we just talk about why Slater is the best character in the entire series. It's fact. It's packed. It's fact. That's it. That's like patreon.com slash KCD Studios. By the way, Mm -hmm. I don't think I said that, but that's where that is. Go listen to Slater cast and also listen to Alex's other podcasts. She has 76 of them. Name them all now. (laughs) Uh, This one, Animals Anonymous. That's one. Uh, and then I am on a podcast called Host Girls, which is where myself and other Animorphs fans don't talk about Animorphs. We talk about the series Heartland. For now, we're going to talk about other series after that, because we are almost wrapped on Heartland, Ooh. which is insane Ooh. to believe. Ooh. That's It's been quite a journey. Um, but yeah, we, we talk about horse books. I've really stressed the fact that we talk about horse books and novels. Listen, that is five minutes of the fucking podcast. The rest <laughs> of it is just goofs and is- it is so, and quiz and horse news. Trivia and goofs and educationals and. Yes. If you ever wanted to truly find out how stupid I am, listen to me do a horse quiz. It's amazing how no. bad it is. <laughs> Let's see. What's another one I'm on? Uh, if you like Dungeons and Dragons and Animorphs, and I hope you do because you're here, check out Dungeons and Draken Beams, uh, 5e Dungeons and Dragons live play podcast that I'm on where I play. Listen, I was going to say the best character and lie to you. We all know it's Cameron. It's Let's... Cameron. It's, it's Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Cameron's the best character, but I love Savannah, and she's fantastic, and I wouldn't treat her for anything. She's Not also even the best Cameron. character. She's she's my favorite character. She's my best character <laughs> of the one I do on the show. She is my best character, but uh, Cameron's the far and away the favorite. But anyways, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a bunch of idiot teens with a death wish that are trying to save the world, and honestly, I don't think we're doing so hot right now, guys. I guess you'll just have to find out. We'll just have to find out. Come listen to it. Um, It's fucking great. Yeah, Dungeons... Dungeons Dungeons and Dragon Beams. Beams. (laughs) Twitch.tv slash CZ Drop. Dungeons and Dragon Beams. Come check it out. Um, Let's see. I'm on other podcasts like Cadmus 2 Crisis. This is a Superboy podcast, which is kind of on hiatus, but also just dropped a new episode yesterday or two days ago or something. So good luck. All right. Uh, I'm on it. Um... And then also, I have, uh, there's another podcast floating around that I'm on called Soup Salad Sandwich. So, you go. I don't know. I'm saying it now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I've done. What have I done? Oh, God. Soup and Sandwiches and Friends. Uh... Did I name them all? No. Well, the one that I haven't named. Uh... We we still don't know about that one. When it's it's happening. (laughs) I'll tell you a story about that after we stop. Okay. What we were you going to say? I was going to say, we have other projects in the works mm-hmm. for the near future. So fucking follow our journey with us in whatever way you deem best. Yes. That's not creepy. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess, for our music. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jess. It's great. We love you. We love you, just <laughs> at It's Rees on Twitter. Yay! Uh, all right. Well, I'm ready for the nightmares to begin forever. Yeah, I've I've definitely been hit by the Sandman 
I am going down hard. Going down like Frangi in the first skirmish she enters. Oh man. There was sand there, wasn't there? There's sand everywhere. It's coarse and irritating. <laughs> and it gets in everything. <laughs> Shit. All right, I'm ending on that. <laughs>